You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fansided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. And you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. Remember, this is a little bit of a weird week. If you're listening to this, you already know that, I guess. Um, because we didn't have a Monday show. It was Memorial Day. I hope everyone had a safe weekend. I hope they had a fun weekend. And I hope you did spend some time to remember uh, why this is a holiday that we celebrate. Uh, because that's important. And it's not just a day off from work. Uh, it's a day of remembrance. And and I think that's important to point out. Don't mean to be a downer. I think it's important. And I said so. There. Okay. We're also going to have a show Thursday and Friday this week. Uh, Friday, probably mostly clean up anything left over. Uh, I said last week I want to get to uh, the gambling changes. I want to get to the anthem changes. I don't really care about kickoffs, but but maybe we'll talk about that. My hope is that we'll have some more news to talk about on Thursday, but there is, there is Packers stuff to talk about. And part of the reason that these offseason storylines come up is because they get written about, and we're going to talk about Quentin Rollins a little bit later, thanks to a Michael Cohen feature about him and and what his chances are to make the roster. We'll discuss that. Adrian Peterson mentioned that that the Packers could be on his list of teams that he'd like to play for in 2018. And I want to talk about Devontae Adams because he was named on the top 100 players in the league over the weekend. Uh, and, and I would say surprisingly high. Some Viking fans had some thoughts about, about that. And so we're going to talk about that as well. But we're going to start with Adrian Peterson. Last week, Adrian Peterson said that the Packers wouldn't be a bad look. Now, I think if you're an aging running back and you have been on a team for most of your career that, that wasn't competing for Super Bowl titles... You'd want to go play for a team that was, and you'd want to go play with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. Clearly, he would be by far the best quarterback that that Peterson has played with for most of his career. He did play with Drew Brees for a hot second, and he did play with Brett Favre a little bit. So, you know, we don't have to quibble over those guys, but for most of his career, he was playing with Tavares Jackson, and guys of that ilk. Not great players in Minnesota. Not great quarterbacks. And over the last few years has has had the opportunity to to go some other places and do some different things. Here's the problem for Packer fans who think, oh, Adrian Peterson, he's killed us over the course of his career. He'd be great in Green Bay, a team that lacks a lead back. No. Just no. Can't do it. Not going to do it. Do not pass go. Do not collect $100 or $200 or whatever whatever it is. Monopoly is a trash game. Don't let anyone tell you different. Literally a game set up for you to want to quit. That's true. Look it up. Google it. But Adrian Peterson historically has not been a good running back out of shotgun or pistol. And Green Bay in 2016 played more than half their snaps out of that formation, 
out of shotgun, 53%. They were 48% last year, but I think part of that is they went a little bit more run heavy. I have said I have said it before and I'll say it again. This Green Bay offense, if it were every play was a called pass and they only called runs as sight adjustments based on defensive alignments, I would be fine with it because that's how good Aaron Rodgers is and that's how much more efficient it is to throw the ball than run it. Because even on a good play, you're getting four yards a carry. And even on a bad pass, you're averaging seven yards an attempt. That's a That would be a bad number. Now that's because you're you're not getting seven yards every time. Sometimes you're getting 14, sometimes you're getting zero. But the odds even out. This is this is how math works. And this is how averages work. Sorry, I didn't invent the math. I would much rather have the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands than uh, an aging running back who doesn't have juice left in his legs, who doesn't give you anything in the passing game, and who has never been a versatile player who's going to split out wide and, and give you some different kinds of looks. He's a guy that you're going to put either single back in the backfield or I formation in the backfield and pound the ball. And that's fine if that's what you want to be, but that's not who Green Bay should want to be, and that's not, frankly, who Green Bay is. It's not who they've ever been. I mean, not since the 60s anyway. And so it just doesn't make sense to bring him in and, and have him in this position, and that's, that's fine. I think a lot of Packer fans are going to be happy to pass on a former Viking running back. I made a joke on Twitter, not really even a joke, that it's the Vikings who signed washed-up Green Bay Packers, not the other way around. And I just, I don't see the upside. I don't know why he would play. I don't know when he would play. If you want a bruising power back with some limited flexibility and versatility, his name's Jamal Williams. And I would rather have Jamal Williams today than Adrian Peterson because Jamal Williams will pass protect Jamal Williams does give you something in the passing game. He actually had three of Green Bay's biggest offensive plays last season on screens. And he just has more juice in those legs. I want to see what he can do in this offense. We know what Adrian Peterson is. We know what he can and can't do at this point. The only reason he'd be on the team is to chase a ring. And if you're going to bring in veterans, look, there are there is plenty of value in bringing in a veteran who isn't going to be great on the field anymore to play a very limited, if not if not marginal role in terms of snaps on your team because of the value that they bring in the locker room. And this is particularly true of aging defenders or swing offensive linemen or backup quarterbacks or players like that. Guys who are going to offer leadership and be a role model for other guys in the locker room. That's not Adrian Peterson. And so if he's not giving you that veteran leadership, he's not giving you that that veteran professionalism that you want from a guy who isn't going to be the star of your team anymore, who's an aged out of stardom star, then what is he providing? What is the value add? And at this point, I think the answer is there is no value add for Adrian Peterson. The fact that we even have to spend five, I mean, this was a this was a topic on NFL Network who is going to sign first, Adrian Peterson or Des Bryant? My my answer is mostly who cares, because neither are high level players. Now I'd much rather have Des than than AP, and I've made that clear on this show. I've been clear about that for weeks. I think Des Bryant still has some juice left in his leg, 
But his days of being an impactful star player, they're gone. Now, it would be big news if he signed because he is a former star player. And still, I think you once you're a star, especially if you're an established star, you are always a star. Vince Carter, still a star player in the NBA, even though he's no, he no longer plays like a star. He's really, really famous because of what he did for most of his career. He's still a star in the grand scheme of things. Is he a star basketball player in terms of his talent? Not anymore. That is what Adrian Peterson is. That is what Des Bryant are. Those guys are star players. But they don't play like stars anymore. And that's an important difference. And teams have, for a long time in pro sports, talked themselves into these kinds of moves to get a star player to inject life into a fan base or because an owner is desperate or living in the past and just says, oh, Des Bryant, let's go sign him. I think it's actually a sign of growth by NFL franchises that both of these guys are still on the market because it suggests we no longer live in an era, even when Dan Snyder can look at a Des Bryant or an Adrian Peterson and say, oh, I want that guy. He's good because he's not anymore. And we know they're not. And and especially in the case of Adrian Peterson, I don't know that I would rather have AP over any of the three running backs at the top of Green Bay's depth chart. Is he better than Devontae Mays? Yeah, probably. Is that worth bringing him in? I don't think so. All right, guys, let's talk about sex. How do you like that for a segue? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-improved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill you swallow. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. BlueChew.com is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA. And since BlueChew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than going to a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and you get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's Blue, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code Locked On to try it for free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Never a great way to, seg- to segue out of an ad read like that. Just, just nothing you can really do about that. Um, in an unrelated story, <laughs> Michael Cohen for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel uh, wrote about Quentin Rollins. And I think it's an interesting conversation to have. He was someone who came into last season as a starting corner. And the depth chart, we never really got a a clear view of who was viewed as the starter because it looked like for a while Kevin King was no better than than maybe the fifth or even the sixth corner on this team. And then by week two, he was starting. And so I think we can safely say that although injuries clearly played a role and and attitude with Demarius Randall played a role, I think we can safely say that the way Green Bay viewed these corners— they were all pretty bunched together. And Joe Witt, who has an elevated role in the defense this year as the as the passing game coordinator, 
He knows these guys. Obviously, he doesn't know the rookies. But he's he knows Tremont Williams. And he knows Devon House. And he knows Lindsey Pipkins and Josh Hawkins and Herb Waters and Kevin King. And he knows Quentin Rollins. And I don't know where Rollins is going to fit in in terms of the top of the cornerback list. It's hard for me to believe that the Packers can view him Truly, I mean, if we're talking about where he's going to be by midseason, I can't imagine they think he's going to be better than their fifth best corner on this team. Because Kevin King and Tremont Williams are going to be at the top of that list. And maybe Rollins gets the opportunity to start in the slot and be that nickel player. It's hard for me to believe that that one of Josh Jackson or Jair Alexander doesn't beat him out. I think that's pretty likely to happen just given the athletic limitations that Rollins has. So now you're talking about at best cornerback four. Now let's say he's not 100% healthy, doesn't it, he loses the athleticism he did have, which before, I mean, longtime listeners of this show will know, I just don't think he's athletic enough to be an NFL corner. Now you're looking at he's the fifth best corner on this roster. I wouldn't put him ahead of Devon House or Lindsey Pipkins. So now he is cornerback, what, seven? Green Bay kept seven last year. If he is a back end of the roster corner, do they consider, and now this is me speculating here, do they consider a hybrid role for him? Because that was something he did a little bit as a rookie. He would he would play a little bit in the slot. He'd play at the line of scrimmage. He, he would blitz. He was an, a very effective blitzer, actually. And one of the reasons that he was ahead of Demarius Randall early in his career was he was an instinctive playmaker. And does Green Bay go the Micah Hyde route, or at least does it make sense for Green Bay to go the Micah Hyde route with Rollins and say, here's what we're going to do. We're going to play you a little bit here. We're going to play you a little bit there. And we're going to see if you can just make plays, give you the opportunity to cover tight ends. Maybe we let you play a little bit like a linebacker. We'll play Rollins, Jones, and Martinez as our base or as an, in a sub package more likely in the sub package now that they have Oren Burks, who's a true linebacker. They can play him in base and, and not lose much in, in terms of the run support aspect of it. If you play Rollins and Jones as linebackers, you know, maybe teams run it at you. And if they do, I say, listen, vaya con Dios. You want to do that? Go ahead. I'll, I'll take a team that wants to run it 30 times a game any day. Because you're not tiring out my corners. You're not tiring out my pass rushers. And if you're the Packers, you're going to say, look, we've got one of the best, if not the best, interior run defending units in football with Martinez, Kenny Clark, and Mike Daniels. You want to run it at us? Good luck. I think that's the best case scenario for Rollins on this roster. My assumption is, and, and I look, I said this when the Packers drafted two corners. I don't think Devon House, who they signed... They paid money to to bring back is a lock to make this roster. Now that's because I like Lindsey Pipkins, and I know the coaching staff likes Herb Waters. Now he's he's more athletic than than Rollins, but he's far less experienced. And that's that's for someone who was playing basketball for three years first in in Rollins. Is there a scenario where Rollins doesn't make this roster? I think that's a very real scenario, and that's that's what Michael Cohen's piece is about. Uh, the uphill battle that he has to, to re-solidify his place on this team, I think it's it's really important that he establishes himself early. 
he has to get going. He has to make some plays early in camp because he's behind. I mean, very clearly not a starting caliber corner for this team right now. They wouldn't have gone out and signed Tremont Williams and brought back Devon House and drafted multiple corners if they thought Rollins was a viable option, if they thought he was a viable rotation-level corner. Because, spoiler alert, he's not. And to me, this shouldn't be a difficult discussion. Unless he comes in and just wows you in training camp and, and the preseason and basically says, you can't not keep me on this team, I, I don't want him on the roster. And that's that's not a shot at him personally. I have I, I have no reason to say I don't want that guy on my team from a, a locker room standpoint or a personal standpoint. I just don't think he's good enough to play. And again, not a shot at, at him as a guy. By all accounts, he's a great dude. I just don't think he can play for this team. There might be teams he can play for. I just don't think Green Bay is one of them, especially after the moves they made in free agency. And frankly, if he is, as I suspected, no better than cornerback five or six on this roster, you just cut him. Because you don't have to pay him, and he's going to cost more than than the Hawkins-Pipkins-Waters combo. And it would give you an opportunity to see what you have with some of these other guys. I, I really liked what I saw from Lindsey Pipkins late in the year. I'm excited to see Herb Waters play a little bit more. Green Bay is very excited. The coaches are about his potential and what he can be. Now, I just I don't think Josh Hawkins is very good. I think he's very athletic. I think he can run. I just don't think he has the instincts to play the position. Now, maybe that's because he hasn't had the experience. He hasn't had the opportunity to play the position, or maybe it's because he's just not very good. You are listening to Locked On Packers on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local daily sports podcast network. Be sure to catch up on everything around the NFL with Locked On NFL. And as the NBA Finals approach, Cavs and Warriors yet again, stay up to date on everything with Locked On NBA. I want to close the show by talking about Devontae Adams because I understand that the NFL top 100 rankings are usually a little wonky, but they're voted on by the players. And Devontae Adams, in a season where he actually was less productive than he was in 2016, wound up 45th on this list as opposed to after 2016 when he was on ranks. Now, 2016 was his truly breakout campaign, led the league in touchdowns, and there were there was a lot of discussion, oh, he is a function of this offense. He is a function of Aaron Rodgers. He benefits from so much attention being paid to Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb. And this is a fluke. And two years ago, he couldn't catch a cold. And now he's catching, you know, 14 touchdown passes. And then with Brett Hundley at quarterback, he goes out and has another monster season. He's the only guy who continues to produce on this offense without Rodgers. And... It becomes clear he's one of the best receivers in the league, one of the best route runners in the league, one of the best guys at the line of scrimmage in the league, and he was consistently getting open, consistently cooking defensive backs, and Brett Hundley just wasn't getting him the ball. He is, he is, may not be the mayor of the always open club because I think that's still probably Antonio Brown, but in terms of suddenness and route running, there are few guys in the league who can get open the way Devontae Adams can, and he has added... I think he's added speed. I think he's added explosiveness. 
And he certainly added consistency with his hands, consistently going up and win contested catches. That was something we were told in 2015 he was going to be able to do, and, and he didn't because he wasn't healthy most of the year. But over the last two seasons, he leagues the league in touchdown passes, caught. And the, one of the reasons is because he can contort his body and go up and make plays. The game winner against Dallas last year was an incredibly difficult catch, and he made it. He had a catch against Atlanta, a touchdown pass where he he got just enough separation from Desmond Trufant that Rodgers had a window to find the ball. He got open and scored against Xavier Rhodes. There was some drama because he was ahead of Xavier Rhodes on this list, and there were a lot of Viking fans that were saying, oh, well, Xavier locked him down, which just fundamentally isn't true if you go back and watch the tape. But these are just some of the receivers that he's on this list ahead of. Doug Baldwin, who's who's a very, I think, underrated player. Michael Thomas. Odell Beckham Jr. Now, he didn't play last year. I don't think anyone thinks that, that Devontae Adams is better than Odell Beckham Jr. Stephon Diggs. Jarvis Landry, who a lot of Packers fans wanted. And he's right below Keenan Allen. Now, they haven't gotten to the, the top tier of players yet. So Julio Jones is going to be on this list. Antonio Brown is going to be on this list. I'll be interested to see if Alshon Jeffrey ends up at the top of this list. Is Brandon Cooks going to be up there? I doubt it. Sammy Watkins, probably not even on this list, and the Chiefs just paid him a bazillion dollars. Green Bay has a bona fide number one receiver. And I said that when Jordy Nelson was let go. And I don't think that changes with Jimmy Graham. I will not be shocked, and I'm putting this on wax, I will not be shocked if Devontae Adams leads the league in receiving in 2018. Whatever you want to say, yards, touchdowns, probably won't lead the league in catches just because that's going to go to a guy who, like A.J. Green, who has to catch 100 balls. Devontae Adams is not going to have to do that because Green Bay has some other players. But if he leads the league in yards and leads the league in touchdowns again, I will not be surprised. Now, if... If Jimmy Graham takes away some of those red zone targets, okay. But he was also having to split red zone targets with Jordy Nelson. And the reality was Adams was just converting so many of those targets. When he was being targeted in the red zone, he was scoring. And I think that's going to be the case for Green Bay again this year. I want even Packer fans because as fans, we can be stubborn sometimes. Stubborn to accept that we were wrong about a player, even when he starts doing well. And we feel snake bitten by their struggles. I understand if you were one of those people who wanted Jared Aberderis or Jeff Janis to be playing over Devontae Adams earlier in his career. I understand. I disagree, but I understand. It's time to be over it because Devontae Adams is legitimately really good, legitimately a top 10 receiver in this league, and a legitimate bona fide number one receiver in the NFL. And he can carry a passing offense. If he stays healthy, Over the course of the season, if he plays 16 games, he can lead the league in touchdowns. He can lead the league in yards. Seriously. He's that good. And Packer fans, don't be petty. All right, we're going to have two shows later in the week, a Thursday show and a Friday show. And like I said, I do want to talk about some of the gambling and, and how that could impact what goes on at the stadium even. And we could be talking about a day where you can go to Lambeau and after you get your brat and your beer, you can go put down a fiver on who's going to score first in the second half. 
But this this Supreme Court ruling and, and the way that the league is looking at it, Roger Goodell asking for a federal law allowing gambling and setting some uh, restrictions so that everyone follows similar rules. As a league, it makes sense for him why he would want to do that. He wants fans to be playing on level footing because then the league can get involved. Then the league can say, hey, we've got a we've got a website. You can come gamble on our website and we can make money. I want to talk about the anthem policy that, that the league changed, that they didn't need to change, and that they made worse because people are already pissed. The president has already thrown shots at the NFL about it, and we, we need to talk about it. I'm sorry if that offends your delicate sensibilities. And given the way that the offseason has gone to this point, there's going to be stuff to talk about. Thomas Dimitrov, the the Falcons GM, said he ran into Aaron Rodgers in the airport, and Rodgers told him to get the Matt Ryan contract done so he could get on with his life. Suggests that there's a mega deal in the offing, and that Rodgers wants to get it done. He is trying to get on this team long-term, get that deal done, so we could have that deal any day now. And so obviously we'll have to talk about that. And when any of those things happen, we're going to have content for you at AcmePackingCompany.com, at Fansided.com, at ProFootballWeekly.com. Keep an eye out on my Twitter feed, at Peter underscore Bukowski. The podcast feed, at Locked on Packers. Remember, we have a post with those shows at LockedOnPackers.com. All of it there, so you can do your best, even in the offseason, to stay Locked on Packers. 